Promotional consideration paid for by the following. It was 9 a.m. The phone rang. Commando pest eradication. You saw a bug on your child's apple? Code red, boys. We got a live one. Your home, much like the rest of the world, is infested with unwanted vermin. Commando Pest Eradication will wage war on nature, so you don't have to. Hello, ma'am. Thank God you're here! I saw a bug in the kitchen! You did the right thing, ma'am. We'll take it from here. Everything's gonna be okay. Commando Pest Eradication uses only the most lethal chemicals to rid your home of unwanted life. Our team is composed of military-trained professionals that know how to take care of a messy situation fast. After successfully defoliating Vietnam, we've turned our attention to the home front. Your home front. We've got the situation in the kitchen contained, sir. But I found this. <laughs> Jesus, what the hell is this? my daughter! Looks more like Viet Cong to me. Commando Pest Eradication. We kill everything in sight so you feel safer. It's the war on nature and this time we're winning. Shut up and sit down. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Third Shift. It's episode 343, and I, of course, am your host, your funky leader, the greatest man who's ever lived. It's me, it's Matt, and I'm pumped for the show, as I always am. And one of the reasons I'm pumped for the show is because with me, as always, it's the light bearer, the light bringer, the light bearer, bringer, the beast master of Third Shift. It's Eric, and he's here to tell us how his week was. Hey, Eric, how was your quarter end week? Wasn't it wonderful and great? No, it wasn't. Now, let me let me tell you, I don't know what's wrong with me. There's something for sure wrong with me. Yeah. And I blame it on Ryan Peterson. That's who I blame it on. I blame it all on Ryan. Okay. No, no. He sent in some cool stuff, which we already talked about. I said, look at me. I'm doing goals. I'm accomplishing things that I said I was going to do this year. And I said, oh, man, I had a whole thing about it. Well, it stuck in my car. And I went, man... I really need to do something. I can't. I can't let this. I can't let this go. I can't let this go. It's not your car. It's your craw. It's just oh, stuck in the car. You're not. You're not a, you're not a crow. It's stuck in my car. Ah! <laughs> but it's fun. It's fun. Like crawl, like crow, and a crawl. Like whatever. So, anyways, I was like, all right. You know what? I feel good. I feel actually motivated. I, I had the urge to finally go ahead and do something. I'm redesigning. I'm getting this basement redesigned. I'm gonna actually do it. Get it the way I want it to be for the most part. You know, with the compromise of talking with the wife and seeing what she wanted to keep, don't keep, all that good stuff. I did this like a day or two before quarter end started. Mm -hmm. And then quarter end started. And then I flipped my whole life upside down. So instantly, I'm still motivated, but I'm sleeping and then waking up at the wrong hours, doing all sorts of crazy stuff. So the time's slipping. And then to top it all off, it rained for like three days straight. It was just raining and raining and raining and raining. I was talking to Matt, you know, like day one. Ah, it's like, you know, it's got like that little tiny corner. I can see like a drop of water. Not bad. No biggie. It's all right. Day two. It's just in the little spot right there. I put a little towel down. Boom. Soaks it up. No biggie. And then we had that big torrential storm all day. Just raining. Cats and dogs. And I called him in and I said, the basement's going to be jacked. It's going to be jacked. Yep, it's going to be jacked. She comes home, goes downstairs, calls me up. Oh, yeah, there's water everywhere again, as usual. Yep. Basement flooded. So, Matt. So, audience. Got motivated. I'm going to redo this basement. Also, got tied into redoing the bathroom upstairs, not just the bathroom downstairs, which is where the whole project started, was going to be the bathroom downstairs. So I not only had to do my bathroom downstairs, I had to go do the bathroom upstairs. So that that's all time. Quarter end hit. Start fluctuating, changing the schedule. I'm tired. I'm sleepy. I'm trying to do things in between. Flooding hit. Now I'm just dealing with flooding in my basement again, as usual. Now I've got family coming to visit us for my daughter's birthday party this weekend. So now they're going to be here the whole weekend, making me do all the you know the usual typical Easter birthday. Blah 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 blah. And now my brain goes, why do I do? Why do I do anything, Matt? Why do I try? Here's what you do. is You change that goal from redo the basement to you redo the basement into like extended rooms off the normal house. That's how you redo the basement. Mm -hmm. And the basement just gets stripped out 
It's just cement and wood, and it's just a, a wet, watery hole. It's just the exercise hole. Doesn't matter if it floods a little, because you just go downstairs and you stop through on your way to the gym. That's it. And the basement becomes Daddy's extension off the back of the house. Like off the porch, you build like a like a little lean-to structure that goes out to the playground equipment. Mm-hmm. That's the that's your basement now. That's it. You've, That'll you've, be my basement. You've redone it because you've redone it outside mm-hmm. and made it a, a, a separate wing of the house. Just strip the garage. That's what we do. Strip the garage and do like all the other gamers do. And you can do that too. And turn the garage into an actual unit. But you gotta you gotta run heating to that. You can't. You can't be out there yeah. in the winter, so I know, I know. It's it's a lot. Comp- it's way more complicated than it sounds. But the basement's great. Everything but this part of it is fantastic. It just stinks, you know, that this has to happen every few years when the you know the luck. Because I haven't had it. If you remember, audience, I haven't had it for years. No flooding for years now. We've been so fortunate, so lucky. But when it comes springtime and the ground's already crappy, and then you get those torrential rains for a few days. That's when the magic happens. If the rain doesn't come or the frost gives way straight to the sun, which also happens here in Michigan quite frequently, you don't have to worry about it. But yeah. when those two combine, the soggy earth and the rains, it's a mess. So here we are this year suffering for it. It's not that big of a deal this year. It's not actually the worst it's ever been, but it's annoying as all hell. And as I told Matt right before the show, I had just done a 40-minute session of vacuuming and getting everything cleaned up. And then I sat down for about a half hour, 40 minutes to, you know, look at things and do stuff for the show. And already I see water just kind of like coming on up. Just look, I'm looking over at it. Like right now, I'm just looking at it and I'm going... Nah, I got a vacuum again. I got to get this taken care of. Sucks. I don't like it. So that's been the week. Very busy. Of course, what that means game-wise is that not much has happened. All right, I did do some Hogwarts Legacy. I am doing what I said, sort of. I'm rolling through main missions, but I cannot not do the uh, the main character side missions. So unfortunately, but fortunately, because they're awesome, they've been popping up like crazy lately. Everybody's like, oh, hey, remember when we did this? I got to go do this and this, and you need to do this. So these stories are popping off, and I'm having a great time with it. I'm hoping they finish up soon. And then, of course, in between it, I go do a main mission. But every time I do the main mission, like I said, some of the side story but main character stuff pops up, and then I'm doing that. Uh, There's very few towns left that I haven't visited, so that's a very good thing because I think you know that's going to kind of keep me focused and keep me going. I'm not going to get distracted anymore by any kind of side missions because I've pretty much been to every town. And usually when you first visit the town, that's when the, you know, the crazy side missions, the side side missions pop up. So I think I'm in the clear on that. Having a good time with it. I'm hoping to wrap it up this weekend. If time allows, I already told you I'm very busy, but maybe I can squeak it in. We'll see how it goes. And then Destiny 2, I am now raid ready. And then just the other day, I was doing some uh, Iron Banner, and then Jared goes, hey, join the party. So I joined their party. And mind you, Matt, I'm tired. You know, I'm just, I'm doing that first transition from overnights back to normal. So I'm like in this weird daze. I'm kind of just like sitting here just playing. So I joined their group. And they're like, hey, come in the raid. And I'm like, all right. And now we're raiding. And I'm just zoned out, tired. Hey, uh, this is what this does. It was the weirdest feeling, Matt. I didn't care. I wasn't even paying attention to what they were saying. I was just like, yep. All right. I just started killing baddies. And it was over. And then we won. And then we went and did another boss fight. And all right, Eric, kill these baddies. Okay. Jump over here. Oh, where are you at? Okay. Jumped over there. I don't know what the hell's going on. I had no context, no nothing. I just did what I was told. And then we did two bosses. And then I was like, I'm tired, you guys. I got to go. I got to get off. All right, man, we'll finish tomorrow. Cool. That's when the flooding happened, so we didn't finish anything. I'm sure they did, but I didn't. But it was just such a weird experience. It was like an out-of-body kind of moment, you know, where you're like, I'm here, but I'm not really here. I'm just clicking buttons. That's Because that's what was my intent. Iron Banner. I don't care if I win or lose. I'm just in there to get, you know, the pinnacle gear and level up. So I was like, yeah, this will be perfect. I can just basically watch the stream that I had up on the side here and just go to the point. All right, yeah, I killed the guy. Cool. Oh, I got killed. I don't care. And instead I'm raiding, but (laughs) 
I don't care what's happening. It doesn't matter. So we succeeded, and that's great. I'm glad, you know, we got through it, and hopefully it wasn't an annoyance to the team members over there, you know, that I wasn't really paying that close attention to what the hell's going on. But that's been my week, and I could go on and on, Matt, about the anime I've been watching, but nobody cares but me and maybe a few of you dorks out there that are like me. Matt shakes his head. He's so weird. You know, he likes anime, but he acts like he doesn't. It's just the weirdest thing. I like anime. I don't like hearing you talk about anime. That's all it is. I'm just just giving you grief. That's all it is. Um, No, it makes me sad, but that's all right. That's been my week. It's been a it's been a long week, but we got through it, and now we're on the other end of it, and everything's gonna wrap up nice. What about you, Matt? Well, I told you off air. I'm gonna tell the listeners on air. Last episode, we had just gotten when we recorded the last episode, we had just gotten off of a, like a day before doing two Patreon episodes. So it was like, man, I'm, we're so sick of talking into microphones. And now, since we did an episode a day early, and then it was quarter end in between the week plus one day, like my whole concept of time is all screwed up so it's like man it feels like it's been weeks since we've done an episode like ridiculous so it's a very strange day but the reason that we had to record early last week is because i went to a concert on thursday at the wharton center cyril ma a french jazz singer was there and i had never heard anything about her before it just you know when the season announcement came up like hey a french jazz singer lady i went i'm gonna go see that and I went and saw that, and it was great. Just like real smooth, easy jazz with, you know, that international flair thrown in. She did some Spanish songs, some French songs, some traditional jazz songs. It had like that feeling, like I said, jazz with international flair. It had that feeling like something like Persona 5, kind of. Something like Cowboy Bebop, if anybody knows. There's there's a, specifically a French jazzy type of song in there that it gave me that feeling a lot. So... It was great on its own, and then hitting those two points, I was just like, this this is really good. I like this. So a great time. Then, of course, quarter end hit. So all of my motivation or ability to play video games just went completely in the gutter. Uh, I was playing some Pushmo and, you know, tried to go on a lunch and play Pushmo, and I don't know how blocks work. How do I move a thing? I couldn't possibly. I What? I don't know. How about Radiant Historia Perfect Chronology? Put enemies in a stack and try and pay attention to a story that's well voice acted? And I don't know. I can't, I can't play this. Like a Dragonetian. I actually did have like a, a whole night session of that once. But it was a bad idea because I was tired. I was sore. I was grumpy. So I'm playing it. I'm like, this game is good. But all the little tiny things I don't like about it. You know, that normally is, ah, whatever, I'm on my way to a fun sub-story. I was like, ah, oh, this again. Ah, oh, this again. Ah, oh, here's a guy who's... Ho- this This part does bug me. You have, like, bonds you make with certain characters. You meet a guy, you keep finding him knocked out, and he has no idea what happened. So at one point, he's knocked out really bad, and it's not Kiryu, but Kiryu runs over and goes, oh, hey, man, I gotta help you out. What should I hand over to help him out? Oh, okay, sure. I have some medicines and ointments and stuff. Hand one over. You know, my cheapest, crappiest ointment. Okay, he has a health bar like this that's empty. And I'm making a gesture that only Eric can see. I'll give him my ointment. It fills up like one millimeter of the health bar. Oh, I don't like this. I don't like this. I don't spend any kind of healing items. I don't do that. I don't spend money in these games even. Okay, whatever. It's got to be a good story. I go, run all the way across town to the apothecary, empty out my inventory, buy all the best health stuff, run back, have to use, out of my, like, 15 things I bought, have to use 10 to get this bastard awake again. Oh, hey, buddy, what happened? Oh, I don't know. Okay, well, be careful. Okay, we will do. Next time you come in that area. Oh, he's knocked out again. Hey, buddy, what should I hand over to help you? I had to do that two or three times and the result the end of the sub story was funny but for a thing that i never do i don't buy items i don't use items everybody knows that if you listen to these shows i don't use i don't use items in any game ever i hate using items i had to use buy and use all these items for this one freaking guy so there's a bad idea can't play that okay I said to myself what can i play i can't think i can't move i can't do stuff but i can just tap my toes i can still tap my toes i can still listen to music theater rhythm final bar line 
Let me start playing some of that again. And I've been playing it here and there, not enough to, you know, say anything about, but I played some of that over quarter end because I could just sit here and kind of like you said, kind of zone out, soft focus, and oh, well, here's the notes coming across. Hit them, hit them, hit them. Up, down, around the thing. Yep. Oh, cool. That was that was good music. That was fun. On the 3DS, I had downloaded Rhythm Heaven Mega Mix, so I played a little bit of that. Again, right before work, I'm tapping my toes. I'm hitting a button. Okay, I can do this. But the other thing that I did play, right before Quarter End started, I started it, and right after Quarter End finished, I finished it, was The Murder of Sonic the Hedgehog, which I'll talk about later in the episode. Ooh, hot diggity. Tying it all in, Matt. But before you talk about Sonic and the new path that lies before us of him being gone and having to be Shadow or uh, Knuckles, you know, which I'd be fine with, I'll talk about a little game that's been out for a long, long time, since like the PS2, Matt. But it's coming back, and that is VanillaWare's Grim Grimoire Wants More. All right, they went back, they re you know remastered it a little bit, cleaned it up, and they've got it coming out on the PlayStation Five and Switch, etc. For you, April fourth, ready to rock and roll. And of course, it piqued my interest because I love Thirteen Sentinels, and I've played several other VanillaWare games to different degrees that I've enjoyed, but fallen off most of them to be honest with you, except for Thirteen Sentinels. I went, well, what the hell is this one? This, this is an old, old game from VanillaWare. And it's a real-time strategy where you play this witch going into this mystical spire, which is like a Harry Potter-type, you know, uh, learning area. And you meet all sorts of professors and stuff. And you just really, 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 really want to learn how to be a good witch to help your brothers out and do what's got to be done. However, there's all sorts of politics and intrigue going on at this particular school of magic and you get mired into the middle of it, you know, so you have no choice but to start partaking in it. And then an event happens, and all of a sudden, Matt, one of your favorite things, it's a time game. It becomes about time. I don't know if you've played this game before, Matt. I've never played it. I've heard good stuff about it, but then when I was watching for this re-release, I watched a couple things, and the whole real-time strategy aspect of it, I kind of went... Yeah, and that's exactly where I'm going with this. Because the artwork is fantastic. It's vanillaware. You know it's going to be good. The story everyone's talking about is really good, really fun. you know. But the main juice of this game, like I said, is real-time strategy. You're going to go ahead, after the whole event happens and stuff goes down, you got to try to prevent things from going wrong or whatever it is. I don't know if it's a big spoiler, but I'll just go ahead and kind of leave it vague. You get put into this big screen where you're in the different halls and the different levels of this particular school or spire or whatever you want to call it. And you, the main character, get to float around and build, as you do in any RTS, build different machines and or portals or whatever it is that are going to build units that are going to come out and fight the enemies at hand. And of course you have to start strategically placing them to keep the enemies from going in and obliterating things they shouldn't be obliterating and killing you, the player. And then of course you can also manipulate the area yourself by doing your own attacks via magic, via attack, etc. Which, for this one in particular, they created this whole magic system where you can use your coins to buy different skills and different abilities and different power-ups for your different troops, units, etc., And then, on top of that, if you get into a fight where you may need like a whole different kind of build, a whole different unit, that kind of stuff, you can refund points, go ahead and build in that direction to try to get this one accomplished. And as Matt said, I went and checked out like three different reviews for this one because I was not picking up. I'm an idiot. I'm not a really big RTS kind of guy anyway. I was not picking up how to play this game. It wasn't making sense to me. But apparently I'm not alone because everyone keeps saying... If you spend hours practicing and getting into it, you will like this system and it's really fun and good and in-depth. But if you can't spend hours really focusing and learning how to just change everything you think and playing this, it's it's a pain in the butt. And that threw me off. And the reason I, I mention this is because I love Vanillaware and I can't not let this game kind of just disappear. So I want to let folks know if you like RTS and you want a challenge... This game might be that for you. And like I said, the story and artwork from what I hear is fantastic. And I can tell you the artwork's fantastic because I watched a whole bunch of that. But I only got snippets of the story because I didn't want to spoil it in case I do decide to get in there and give it a go. I want to research a little bit more and see if it's there's some hacks or some you know easier ways to go about the RTS battling. And if that's the case, I might jump in on this one. But uh, as of now, I am 
little intimidated by the way they, they talk about how the RTS works and just how the functionality, the base functionality of it isn't what you think it should be. And that's because this game was made years and years and years and years ago. And of course, RTSs have just advanced so far since then. This seems like a, a giant jump from the past. And I think, too, we do need to clarify, because when you say RTS, I think of Warcraft or Command & Conquer Red Alert, so top-down building bases and stuff, whereas this is 2D side-on, like up and down, like you're in like multiple levels of like a library. Almost looks like a tower defense game a little bit. And that's what I was going to say, like tower defense where you're putting your stuff here and there. I still don't know. It's It's one of those things... To, I'll piggyback on just what you said, essentially. Everything I see about this game that's not the combat, I fall in love with it. Like, I uh-huh. see characters, I see just just characters just interacting with each other. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is it. But then I know that the beef of the game is going to be trying to do this weird tower defense stuff. And I don't mind tower defense games. I've played a ton of them in my time. But they're not, like, my genre, my big cup of tea. Uh-huh. So I'm worried that, like, to get to the candy that I want, I have to eat a lot of just plain potatoes, just plain dry cooked potatoes. But and it maybe not because I I've never played the original and you, like you said it's kind of a weird spin on things. And I was going to say a lot of people say if you can if you can figure it out it becomes fun and challenging. So I'm like, well that sounds cool. Yeah. But once again, the three that I three reviews that I watched were like, but seriously, if you don't have the time to focus on this and relearn things, you're probably going to be frustrated. So I'm like, wow. I'll say it right here. I'll say it right here on the show. Uh, We should both get it, like right now after we get off of this. And then we should play it and find out. Because otherwise, neither of us is ever going to play it. We'll let it just disappear. Because I'll wait for you to play it. You'll wait for me to play it. Neither of us will play it. Mm -hmm. And it'll just kind of go, just like the original one did when we heard about it back in the day. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. And it can't be, I don't know the price, but it can't be that much. I mean, it's just a remaster of an old PS2 game. So it can't be a full, you know, sixty nine ninety nine, but I'm I'm recommending everybody check it out just because Vanillaware has such a history of awesome, awesome games and unique games at that. And after Thirteen Sentinels, I want to rock them and rep them and just kind of shout out the uh, the good news bears for Vanillaware as much as I possibly can. So definitely at least go give Grim Grimoire once more a looky see, everybody. Please do so. Matt was trying to pull up the price. He he was almost there. He almost had it. I got it. Here it comes. Forty nine ninety nine. It's not that bad. See there you go. Not a full price game. So get on out there. Give it a check. Oh, yeah. That's what I was gonna say. Almost forgot. Give it a look. And Matt, we don't have to buy the game right away because there's a free demo for you to go check out, which covers the first few combat you know scenarios. And from a couple of reviews, if you can get through those and you enjoy those, that's the first half of the game. So if you can get into that and you enjoy it, you're probably going to love this game. If you hate it to God's dear end of the earth, you're probably going to want to stay away. So go check out the demo. At the very least, everybody, I, I implore you to do so. Me and Matt will do so. And if it's even remotely bearable and good, I'm going to probably pick this damn title up because, man... It does look gorgeous. It's got that vanillaware shine, as it always does. And the music, from what I hear, is fantastic as well. And see, here i gotta, I got to interrupt the normal flow of the show because you reminded me of something that I was going to talk about, and also I saw it on my phone before I found Grim Grimoire. Heading back to my weekly stuff, because you, you mentioned you want to you wanna rep vanillaware, you want to get their name out there, you want to do good stuff. During quarter end, what I always do when I have a full day on one of the machines it's usually I'll pull up YouTube and I'll listen to like the Hamilton soundtrack or something just to kind of get me through, you know, I'm moving, I'm grooving, there's emotional roller coaster stuff. And I'm listening to it, and the one video I'm watching of the whole soundtrack, it's got ads in it. So, you know, every five, ten minutes I got to go skip an ad. But an ad came up, and I started nodding my head because it started off just music. And I was like, oh, like a nice hip-hop beat. And then it started into the song, and the whole song, what they were cutting in, like in you know the the normal storytelling of the song, all these '80s movie titles, and I went, "What is this? I gotta find this." So this YouTube ad, everybody hates ads. I hate ads too. This did what it needed to do, and it got me into Valid, a Detroit MC. Everybody should go check out his video game film. That's the one with the '80s movies. And if you like that, or if you don't like it, you should also check out Commentate. 
which is a beautiful music video he did with this other guy he he teams up with. And it's like they're in the style of NBA Jam. Like they're all kind of pixelated. Oh, it's beautiful. It's wonderful. So check out that out. I have to rep them. I have to give them props because he made me an innocent fan with those two videos. I've been listening to those songs like nonstop lately. So there you go. That's that's the poof, back to the normal times. I'm going to talk about video games now. Hey, hooray, everybody. And I'm going to talk to you about the murder of Sonic the Hedgehog, which released on the 31st of March, the day before April Fool's Day. And all the announcement tweets said, hey, happy April Fool's Day, observed. Check this out. No, it's actually not a joke. The murder of Sonic the Hedgehog is developed and published by Sega, released for PC and Mac on Steam. It's free. You don't have to pay a single buck to play this game, to download this game, to have a great time with this game. Now, I will tell you, I am not going to talk about the story because that will give away like the whole reason that this exists. I can't say anything about it. But just know that Amy Rose gets all her friends together on this very special train because it's her birthday. And in the course of that happening, Sonic the Hedgehog is murdered. He is dead. And you, as an original character for this game, which you get to name yourself, you and Tails have to work together as kind of a detective duo to figure out what happened to Sonic the Hedgehog. Who killed him? Who could have killed him? And it's a beautiful game because it's it's totally that Ace Attorney or Danganronpa visual novel style game where you're going through different areas and talking to different people and, you know, they'll say, oh, yeah, this is what I this is what I saw here in this special train car that I'm in. And then you get to click around the environment and find some clues, find some things that are amiss, go back, interrogate the suspect, find out what really happened in this car, and then their connection to the other people that may have come in and out of the car, and then you go on to the next one and do it again and again and again and again and again. And I gotta say, it sounds kind of weird to say this, because when you think of visual novels, you don't think of like, I mean, I do, because I'm a visual novel fan, but if you talk to a regular you know, Call of Duty game player schmo, they're going to go, visual novels are just stupid. It's just text and characters and boobity boo. But this has done really well. The interactions between the characters, the writing, the different animations and poses that the characters have, it's great. The music is phenomenal. It's wonderful. It is that pure visual novel style of just kind of your... You're kind of moving and grooving. When it gets to be like investigate or interrogate, the music kind of ramps up a little bit. As it gets towards the end and stuff get, starts getting crazy, it hits all those perfect notes. Like, I can't, I can't say anything about it, but as you're going through the game, you kind of figure out certain things. But even knowing that, that music and the presentation gets you so hyped for what is going on and the, the, the big conclusion you're rocketing towards. And I got to say, there's one other gameplay bit, and I think it's kind of clever, because if you're a Sonic fan, you know, if you love Sonic lore and all this stuff, you're not a visual novel fan. You've never seen a visual novel before. So when you're doing the interrogations, when you're presenting evidence, your character will kind of go, you know, Tails will say, hey, show them that piece of evidence that proves that X, Y, Z. And so you do it, you choose it, you, the player, choose it, and if it's right, your character goes, okay, I know what it is I need to show, but how can I say it? Right, or what is it that I need to get across when I show him this evidence? And it goes, think. And then a little like, I think it's called a dream gear, but like a little game gear interface comes up. And it's like you're playing a little isometric Sonic the Hedgehog game where he's running and you got to move him and get the rings and avoid the obstacles. And you have to have a certain number of rings by the end of the stage. Otherwise you go, ah, I can't figure it out. Or Tails goes, no, that's not what we were talking about. Come on, come on. And you try it again. But it's that perfect like little bit of, If you love Sonic, here's a little bit of Sonic in this complete, wild, crazy spinoff. And I got to say, by the end, when stuff is getting crazy by the end, that's why I I liken it more to Danganronpa than Ace Attorney, because stuff is going off the rails, haha, pun intended. Some of those end stages, they get pretty tough. So not like impossible, not like super hard, but hey... If they are super hard and impossible for you, you can turn off dangers, you can turn off the pitfalls, you can turn off stuff. There's accessibility options for everybody. But I was amazed. I am a big visual novel person, especially big, heavy, deep, you know, dark visual novel stuff. And this started off pretty light. It got really serious. And it had all those serious visual novel themes that I love. The presentation, the themes, the music. It's great. Especially for a free game. It's not going to take you a long time. It might took me like two hours, 45 minutes, maybe something like that. 
And it was just a wonderful time. Just a nice, easy breezy. I'm not, you know, a huge Sonic head. You know, I don't know all the side characters who are even in this game. But if you do, you're going to love it because you're going to see all these crazy characters and they're going to interact in this very unique way, in this very unique situation. So check out The Murder of Sonic the Hedgehog. Like I said, it's free on Steam. It's a, it's a wonderful, beautiful experiment made by a lot of Western devs, obviously with Sega's blessing because they developed and published it. It's just a, a wonderful thing, and everybody should check it out. If you're into Sonic, if you're not, just support something that's very unique, very cool, that this studio with this legendary character, this legendary studio, that they could be super, super protective of Sonic. They said, go nuts. The Western devs pitched a whole bunch of different games. They said, do this. You have our full support. And boom, they made something phenomenal. It's great. Go check it out. I loved it. Yeah, I was looking at it. I, I really should. I need to do it, man. You got me convinced. I got to go over there, get on Steam. I don't go on Steam often, and that was the problem. I was like, why can't you be on Epic? You know, Epic, at least every day I go log in, check things out, and look. In, but Steam, I don't really look at very much. See, we're the complete opposite person. I am always in Steam. And Epic I log into once on a Friday mm-hmm. to get the free games, and then I go... Well, all my 10 years of games are in Steam, so why would I ever go anywhere else? Yeah. For me, of course, I've never been PC gaming except for my MMO, so Steam just never was there for me. And Steam always looked illegitimate. I know you've told me you can like change the format to make it look cool, but the way I've got it set up, it looks like some crappy like old network tiles and just crap. Like It looks like garbage. It looks like some kind of weird third world party setup. <laughs> Whenever I log in there, my titles all have like all these little asterisks and stuff next to them, and it's not, it doesn't look good. It doesn't feel good in there. So I'm like, I don't like you, Steam. You look old and nasty. I think what you need to do is you probably, you probably pulled an Eric Batten and destroyed your copy of Steam somehow by touching it with your, with your technological ruining fingers. So what you need to do is just delete your Steam. Redownload it because I'm sure you're on like Steam 0.5 or whatever. More than likely, it's probably the OG Steam, you know, whatever the OG Steam was like 13, 14 years ago. That's that's probably what I'm looking at because it looks atrocious. I mean, I got no images, it's just all text based, everything. It's nasty. I don't have any idea what the hell you did. You delete it and reinstall it because Steam, I mean, it's just a store interface, but. Steam is just Steam. It just is. It it is Does what it, it look is. Pretty my on yours? Thing. Does it look like Epics, where giant cool things and, and and trailers are popping up and visuals are everywhere? Or is it? Well, every every store page has trailers and stuff that's popping up. Okay, but it's. I mean, it's not as. I feel like Epic is more like uh, what Steam Big Picture would be. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like Epic would look at home, like on your TV, like a PlayStation. Yeah, you know, a PlayStation Store. Steam is a little more stripped down than that, but it looks legitimate like i'm opening it right now to look at it and there's giant images and stuff everywhere like oh there's a big header boo the frontier publisher sale and there's elder scrolls online and look at it looks yeah it looks exactly like epic because what what else would they base themselves off of so yeah Mm -hmm. it's that's craziness you're crazy man you're crazy here look i'll pop back up right now yeah see like mine Mine doesn't have any of that. It just has. Take a take a picture of it and show it to me, because I, I don't I don't there. believe it. Like with your oh, phone. Hang on, no, never mind. You're right. Now, if I go to the store, it looks better. The store doesn't look bad. All right, they look better. I still don't like the library. You know, we're going off on a tangent here, but the library I don't like. Like it's got all my titles, but they're all like in just like little boring font with like a little like uh, GIF uh thing on the side it's got, it's got yeah. like the little pixel icon yeah 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 Yeah. it doesn't look so bad though but literally all the rest of that yeah like all to the right it's all the giant paints. all to the right has the cool like little templates yeah, yeah, it's yeah. upgraded it's looking better yeah that just goes to show you i probably haven't actually looked at it for like a year or two but there you go i just did it looks better <laughs> it's okay <laughs> never mind oh goodness well today matt Nothing crazy, nothing big. Well, it might be big. There's a big leak, and that's the PlayStation is working on a brand new handheld called the Q Lite. Everyone got up in arms. I think Grub, Jeff Grubb was talking about it. Some Henderson dude leaked it, and apparently he's like real big on leaks and stuff. I don't know the gist of all that. You can go check it out. Take everything with a grain of salt because it still isn't actually official yet. 
But apparently, it's called Q-Lite. And everyone's like, woohoo, they're going to do it. You know, PS Vita, long live the Vita. No. No. According to the rumors, this sucker is going to look just like your DualSense controller, but it's going to be wider and it's going to have like an 8-inch, uh, 7 or it's an 8-inch LCD screen. And that pissed me off right there, man. Why are you going to get an LCD screen? Everybody knows LED is better. Why are you not going to go with the OLED? Why are you going to sit there and, and put an LCD screen on this bad boy? Stop it. Stop it. That's the instant first big no-no that kind of irritated me. There's more. There's more. To, there's more to argue about this machine. About oh, yeah. this. for sure. I didn't, I didn't even I think about to bring that. that up I just... in, in, the, in the very, very, very beginning, I can get past it. But it is. A, it is a frustrating move. Everybody knows the other. You know, one's better. Everyone. That's what everybody wants. Switch did it, and everyone says that. One swears that that's the only way to play the Switch now is if you got the OLED. I can't afford it, so unfortunately, I don't get to have it. Who plays the Switch handheld? Let's put it in my dock. That's another thing we're going to talk about later. Spoiler yeah. alert. Exactly. So, anywho's on and forward, this bad boy is going to look like a DualSense controller. It's got an 8-inch LCD touchscreen, and it's going to be running at 1080p resolution, 60 frames per second. However, Matt, it only will play remotely from your PlayStation 5. So, not only will your PlayStation 5 have to be up and online, but your new little handheld, Q-Lite, whatever it ends up being called, also has to have a good solid internet connection and it then will link up to your ps5 which is also on and play the games from your ps5 so this is not a singular handheld it is only a device that remotely plays the games that are on your playstation 5 and also allegedly allegedly it's all allegedly i mean that's what that's what everybody's been saying but who knows so yeah if if true that's what this is and i gotta say right off the bat remote play is really cool I've done it before with my PS4 onto my Vita, and it was really awesome to play a PS4 game not in the living room holding a PS4 controller, but holding this little Vita and, you know, rocking and rolling that way. And granted, I was just playing, I was playing Steins Gate. I was playing a visual novel, but it was still really cool to have this nice, beautiful, crisp, hot display and knowing that I'm not tethered up. I'm not, you know, not that you're tethered with a dual shot because it's wireless, but, you know, I'm not constrained to this TV. Mm-hmm. I can go all over the house. And, you know, if I wanted to, I could go to mom's house. I could go to your house, any place that has a good internet connection and just bloop, pick back up on my PlayStation 4. So I've done it. It's very cool. Would I buy probably a 400 to $500 device just to do that? I think that's the thing that just colors it the most for me. Like, it is very cool. I, I've used remote play, and it, it works. You know, there was a couple little hitches here and there on mine, and again, not playing anything big. It is a really cool feature. But I would like that to be in addition to being able to put some kind of game card in or download a full game to it and run it in offline mode. Like, it's an awesome feature to have. Would I have bought a Vita just to remote play my PS4? No but it's an awesome feature on my Vita that I can play a million other games on. And the, you know what you get what I'm saying? I get what you're saying. Now here's the here's the deal. This is a big this is a big point of contention all over the place right now. It's the price point. You said 3 to 400 dollars. From what I'm talking and hearing and everything else, people are saying there's no way they're paying more than 200 dollars for a device like this and that they should never charge more than that because it's not a handheld system. All it is doing is remotely playing something on your PS5 on this device. And right now, you can get a Switch OLED, I think, or a Switch regular. No, one of the Switches for 200 And that's an actual console with all the hardware inside of it. So everyone's bickering and saying, there's no way this thing should be more than 200 bucks. I, I, I'm with you. I don't believe there's a chance in hell this thing ain't cheaper than 300 349 There's no way. But I do agree with everybody saying it'll be BS because it's not a, it's not a console. It, it all it's doing is, hey, are you out there, PlayStation Five? It's a gim. It's I'm gonna say it's a gimmick, but it it's just a peripheral. You know, like it's like a, a controller with some Gonzo gadgets, basically, is what it is. Well, and I think that's the thing because they've talked about you mentioned it being similar to a DualSense. Mm-hmm. They're talking about it having the haptic feedback, the adaptive triggers, all that stuff too. So there's no way that's going to be cheap. 
I mean, the controllers themselves are already 70 bucks. They're the price of a game, if not more. So you, so you got to add in the price of the screen. You got to add in the price of the internet, you know, capability to sync up with your PlayStation 5. It's going to be expensive. And for those people who will find a use for it, I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to like say this is a bad device or anything like that. It's just not for me. Because if this is for you and you have like a cool office where you work that has hopscotch internet, just all the freshest hotness, and you can take your PS5 games with you, essentially, via the internet, you know what I'm saying? That's incredible. That's that's super cool. But for me, you got to have something that I can use this offline. Because if I'm, if I'm sitting on the porch at mom's house and the internet's not going to work, I just have a $400 brick, you know, like... For me, it has merit only for one reason. I would never use it at work. The works, internet sucks. Probably wouldn't sync up anyway. Plus, we only have the one-hour launch. I don't even use the Switch and DS, etc. So I was like, nope, out of the question. But for me, being the married man with kids, there is one thing that it would be great for. I want to play my PlayStation. But all you do is spend time downstairs and you're never up here. I could sit upstairs, sit in the bedroom, wherever it is, doesn't matter, and still play my favorite games on the PlayStation 5, and I'm working off the internet of the house, which is already synced up with the PlayStation 5, so i got to imagine it'll be a very solid, quick link, you know what I'm saying, to play these games, and I could do it from the bed, from the couch, from the chair, doesn't matter where I am. So no matter who's bugging me or wants me to not be here in my little command station, I could be like, you know what, it's fine, it doesn't matter. Grab grab the remote unit, the Q-Light, walk upstairs, whoever wants my attention or wants me just to be present, and boop, and there I go. Now I'm still playing the same games I was just playing a minute ago, but I'm just doing it in whatever room, wherever people want me to be a human being at. But the price point is critical. I will say, just like everybody else, I'm not going to spend no 300 bucks plus for a device that allows me to just play the game somewhere else in the house. It's not worth it. It's just not worth it. If you came in on a sale sometime maybe that'd be something i'd look at something i'd pick up but just for that it's not for me but i gotta i gotta say i gotta admit man even if this was a brand new handheld period i wouldn't do it no because i already don't play my switch i already don't play my ds i already don't play the stuff you don't do that because it's it's all in your mind it's all old it's all old Mm -hmm. stuff you've already done that's true you don't have now see i (sighs) And it's now I'm starting to be tempted. If it if it's if it's pretty cheap, if it's two hundred bucks, I might get it because I've been talking about how much I'm loving my handheld gaming lately. You know, I'm playing the Steam Deck, I've been playing the 3DS. It sounds stupid to say it, but it just it makes me happy every time I can come home, grab one of them in my hot little hand, and just go flop on the bed like I'm twelve years old again, and sit there kicking my little feet as I'm laying on my on my belly playing awesome games on a handheld system. It just it's just fun, and especially with the Steam Deck, it's all hot, it's all new, it's got a great screen, it's got great sound, it's got a little bit of that haptic rumble, like when you're using the mouse pads, it's got that, I don't know if it's PS5 level, but it's like that Switch level when you first got that that nice haptic stuff. Mm-hmm. It feels good, and it feels right, and it gets me, ex- It thinking about that almost makes me more excited for the Q-Lite, and if it's, if it's pretty cheap, and I, it just is a remote play device, I might still get it, just to... Instead of sitting here with the big command center and the beautiful monitor, which I love and it's great, but it's pouring brightness into my eyes on HDR at 11.30 at night when I'm supposed to be going to bed versus I could be like posted up in bed with the pillows all up behind me and just, I'll, I'll play 45 minutes, do, 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 do. Okay, go into suspend mode, put you on the charger right here on the nightstand and mm, curl up in bed because handheld gaming... I don't know why, but it's hitting right now. It's big. It's hot. It's where it's at. Everybody loves the Steam Deck, obviously. Mm-hmm. And they love it so much, there's like three and four and five other Steam Deck competitors coming out right now. Like ROG. The ROG one. is That's the one I was looking at, man. I was, it's funny. I tell you, I just admitted I'm I'm not down with freaking portable gaming, man. I, I'm, I'm like, oh, I need to give up on it. I, I keep saying I'm going to do it. I don't do it. And for me, it's I'm old. I can't lay down like you always talk about, man. I lay down, my back instantly hurts, my arms stress out, and I start shaking while I'm playing the game. I can't hold it above my head for more than a few minutes. You know, I can't lay on my belly because then acid starts to seep out of my mouth. I got no good way to play a handheld except for 
just sitting in the chair that I'm sitting in now and leaning back, but that's what I would do if I'm playing my PlayStation. And then I instantly start to do the, well, I should just play the PlayStation. I'm just sitting here in my, my command station, play that instead. But like you said, you can take it upstairs and sit in those nice, comfy, reclining sofas that you got right there. If I could sit my ra- yeah, my lazy boy, then you got it. You know, you, you kind of put your arms like either tucked in or like right on mm-hmm. that, right on the edge there and just, just yeah. kind of tilt back and forth and get it going. And that's the magic. If I can sit in my lazy boy chair, then I can, I get that perfect tuck and then I can be comfortable playing the game. So the cue light would work. The ROG would work. You know, that's, but that's the only instance. When I'm at work trying to do that, my, my elbows are sitting on the table and they're like sitting there getting hurting. That's, like, that's oh. the beauty of it though. That's, I love it. When I'm sitting there at the cafeteria with them hard ass tables and I put, it goes right there, right in the middle of my forearm. Mm. And then my pinky starts going to sleep. My ring finger starts going to sleep. And I go, oh, oh man, carpal tunnel. And I look down, and there's that beautiful crease right there. I don't know why. It just makes me, ah, I love it. It's like old You're school. Insane. It's old school all over again, dude. <laughs> we did a shifter monthly topic all about how the DS and Game Boy Advance were like the greatest systems ever made because we had so much ha- handheld fun with them. Oh, yeah. The Steam Deck, my 3DS now that it's come back to life again. It puts me right back into those days. And I just think it's, I think everybody's trying, finally, like getting that resurgence, especially the ROG, the, the Anyeo, the 1X Player 2, because now it's bringing PC games to that space. And you've never been able to do that. You could only sit in a gamer chair, in a, in a computer chair, at a desk, and lean your arm against the desk and literally get carpal tunnel playing a PC game. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a bunch more you can play with a controller in a decent fashion, but now you can take them on the go. And I, I, I love that this is happening, and I hope that PlayStation's Q Lite, if it's not just a remote play, but even if it is, if it gets people into that mode of, man, I want to take my games on the go again, and we can get back to at least a, we've talked about this off here too, a third branch not just PC, not just console, but some kind of handheld gaming. Back into a handheld branch, yeah. Whether it's exclusive or not, and then you can have all kinds of just completely unique things that are distributed just to that handheld, just to that handheld market. Sure, my Steam Deck is never going to play God of War Ragnarok at max settings or whatever, but it can play a trillion indie games, and because of that nice screen and the great sound, look and feel way better than just playing it here on a monitor with a mouse. I hope this ball just keeps rolling. Yeah. Whether it's the PlayStation 1, if Xbox would ever do something like that. Imagine Game Pass on the goddamn go, Eric. Come on. That'd be insane. Well, trust me. I'm stoked. I told you already. The ROG has me foaming at the mouth and acting like an idiot. I mean, it's got supposedly like the power of like a 490, I think, with the upgraded version of it and everything else. I think the speculated price is like eight ninety nine thousand bucks somewhere in that range. Incredibly expensive, but if it has that kind of power, imagine what you can do on that thing. Imagine the games you can play, and I don't even care. I don't even need that. Imagine me just being able to play World of Warcraft, no matter where I'm at. It, it builds and lends itself right into my retirement solution. Because when I retire, I'm picking up a WoW or whatever iteration of WoW exists, and that's it. I'm playing that. That's I'm going to be in a guild, and I'm just going to be the old guy doing all the things for him, just living my life. And if I could just have that... Oh, dear, I need you to go do the thing and do this. Okay. Step away from the PC. Doesn't matter. There I go. Carry my portable little tiny PC with me. Can still play. Can still farm. Waiting for tires. Boom. I'm over here farming fish. I'm fishing, getting more stuff for the bank. Oh, doesn't matter. Oh, go run errands. Go do this. Yeah, okay, I got to sit in line. Boom. Pop it open real quick. That is awesome. And I think the beauty of all these things is, you know, if you want to be a naysayer, you can say, well, you can already do all that stuff to your phone. You could remote play. You can second screen all that stuff to your phone. But if you're an old school guy like me, and maybe a lot of our listeners aren't, I don't know. I gotta have buttons. I'm a buttons guy. Mm-hmm. I'm a I'm a sticks guy. I'm not a I'm, a I'm a tap guy. If you give me a stylus to tap with, like DS or 3DS style, I'm not a finger swiping on the. Th- I've played some games on my phone. I try it out every now and then. It's just not. It doesn't hit that same thing as when I can. Whap, Flap, flip open that clamshell 3ds, and it gives that little creak, creak, that little that little snappity. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yes. And there you push those buttons, and you hear the <laughs> click, and you you wiggle around the sticks. There's nothing better than that. And that, and nowadays, especially, people look at you like, "What's that? What's that?" Oh, I'm the cool kid with my giant Steam Deck pushing buttons. I don't know. I'm I'm glad to see it. That's all I can say. 
I'm glad the Steam Deck started it, or, you know, not started it, but popularized it. Didn't start it, but it definitely actually made it popular. Yeah, it got the momentum going with it. Everybody loves it. Everybody wants one. A lot of folks can't get it because they can't afford it, but it's the talk of the town. And then, of course, now, like you said, too, you got your uh, your competitors coming in. I didn't even know about the uh, the uh, Aano 2 Plus Air and the 1X Player 2. I only knew about the ROG Ally, so there's even more coming out that are trying to compete and get everybody's you know mindsets or, or hands on them instead. And just like uh, just like the ROG one, the 1X Player 2 I know is it's very, very pricey, but its screen is even bigger and wider and higher resolution than the Steam Decks. I think one of the Anya, Ayano, uh, whatever, however you say it, is a Chinese company. Don't at me. I got nothing. One of them's a little cheaper. One of them's that super high-end thing. It's awesome. And like you said, it just feels good. Whenever I'm, I got to go somewhere after work, but I has, still have my work bag. Thwip, 3DS. I'm never bored. Boom. Handheld gaming. It's coming back, baby. Hopefully it does. And I hope I can get back into it. I hope I can figure out a way to keep my old man back from getting, you know, all sore, my fingers from dying on me. Just all that stuff. Or maybe it's a mindset, like you said, man. I got to just be open to the fact that, yes, certain extremities will hurt, but it's worth it because you get to play your favorite things, video games, wherever you are in the world. And that's awesome. Because what else are you going to do? You're going to hunch over your phone just like everybody else. Yeah, Twitter, 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 Twitter. Nah, Twitter, man. Twitter, you're going to lean on that table, and your whole elbow is going to go all tingly just like it just did for me. Oh, it's so good. It's so great. So what about you out there in podcast listener land? Are you in Are you in the Matt camp? Are you in the Eric camp? Are you a fully, full-on handheld gaming? Do you have some reservations? Are you talking about a Q-Lite? Do you have your ROG Ally pre-ordered already? I went on to the Best Buy site. I should. And I said, I I said let me know when it's available because it's not, it's not a pre-order. It's not nothing. It's just let me know. Let me know details when you got it. Everybody should do it. Everybody go do it. A place of handheld gaming. But whatever your thoughts are on it, if you got questions, comments, concerns for us, if you just want to say hi, let us know via the email, thirdshiftme@gmail.com. Hit us up on the Twitter machine at thirdshiftme. Find us on Facebook under Third Shift. Get in the Discord. Get in the Patreon. Hit us up any kind of way. Matt just said it. Hit us up in all those places. The Discord, the Patreon, of course, if you don't know, that's a little old place where you can throw us a tip, throw us a buck, two bucks, three bucks, any kind of bucks. Helps keep the show running, paying the bills up on the onlines and all the other good stuff that we do. If you can do it, it's very much appreciated. If you can't, no big deal. As Matt said, go to Discord. Talk to us over there. Have a good time. Throw some mailbag questions. Anything you want to talk about, topics, that kind of thing, fantastic. Head on over to Twitch. Throw us your uh, Amazon Prime subscription over there. Boom, bang, bang. Any kind of support anywhere you go is awesome. Greatly appreciated and just stokes our ego and makes us feel fantastic every single time we hear from you. Absolutely. And the next time you hear from us will be on or around the 13th of April, the day before an excellent thing happens. And you can find that episode on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Podbean, on Spotify, and on YouTube. And as I always say, hey, if you like what we're doing and you'd like to help us out, please give us a like, a rating, a review, a comment, a subscription, any kind of good thing on any one of those good services, because it does help us out. And we really do appreciate it. Indeed we do. We appreciate it all heck of a lot. We need to get some five stars out there. Let's get this year popping. Everybody who's out there listening that has not done so, get us a five-star review. Make our day. Help us help you. As we always say, we'd appreciate it so very much. And with that, there's nothing else to say but... Don't forget to say... Shut up and sit down.